to a Hope 103.2 podcast. We're reflecting together on one of the most practical and challenging parts of the whole Bible, the letter of James. This is a small but power-packed letter written by Jesus' own brother, James, to a wide Christian audience in the middle of the first century. What it says is every bit as relevant in the 21st century as it was when it was first written. We're up to chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. This passage is sometimes read as a treatise on the theology of faith and works, as if the main concern here was about doctrine. On this reading, the introductory scenario of a Christian neglecting the poor is thought to be a simple illustration of a broader theological idea. This is quite wrong. James has been building his economic theme ever since chapter 1 verse 27 when he said that pure and faultless religion looks after widows and orphans in their distress. The fact that the first part of chapter 2 is all about favouring the rich at the expense of the poor should leave us in no doubt that what James is talking about here is not a kind of sermon illustration. This is what this part of the letter is all about. Christians had been withholding mercy and love from the poor. The purity and faultlessness of their religion was in serious question. Their faith, says James, was in danger of being worthless. The opening line, that's verse 14, helps us understand the whole passage. Here's the important point. James thinks that this hypothetical Christian who ignores the poor um, does not have true faith. This man merely claims to have faith, James says. The faith now under discussion is a poor imitation of the real thing. See, on the lips of some in James's audience, the word faith means something like assent, a mere intellectual conviction about the truth of God. This is especially clear in verse 19, which says, You believe or have faith that there is one God? Good! Even the demons believe that and shudder. The belief or faith of this person is not real trust in God and his Messiah. It's a mere mental conviction that there's just one God. It seems that some in James's audience really thought that believing in just one God was a kind of magical guarantee of salvation, regardless of how you behaved. Well, James has news for them. First, he insists that a faith like this is powerless to save. Verse 14 asks, can such faith save him? The answer, of course, is no. Secondly, in verses 15 to 17, James insists that a faith which blesses the poor but performs no actual deeds of mercy toward the poor is in fact dead. To remind you of those powerful words, he says, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, 
Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. James makes clear that deeds of love and mercy are not a matter of preference. They are the proof of true faith. James ends this little section in verse 19 by effectively saying that a deedless faith is the faith of demons. He says, you believe that there's one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. James appears to be suggesting that at least demons know to shudder in their knowledge of God. Some in James's audience could probably learn a lesson or two from the dark side. In short, James insists that a faith which is not compassionate toward the needy is no faith at all. Throughout chapter 2, James is seeking to apply the royal law of love to a particular area of Christian conduct care for the poor. From chapter 127, he has sought to impress upon his readers and upon us what true religion or true faith looks like. It shuns the world's bias toward the rich and strives to show mercy toward the poor. Did you know that according to the World Bank, 1.2 billion people in the world right now live on less than a dollar a day? Now, that's not an American or Australian dollar spent in a third world economy. That is a dollar as calculated by a World Bank system known as purchasing power parity, which basically measures the relative purchasing power of currencies across various countries. Broadly speaking, that means that if you can imagine living in Australia on less than a dollar a day, you can imagine the plight of one billion people, many of whom are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Add to this the findings of the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization Report of 2003, which calculated that over 68,000 people a day die of starvation in the modern world. That's 68,000 people a day dying of starvation. In light of the terrible state of world poverty today. Christians must think long and hard about how they spend their money. Because according to James, mere sentiment toward the needy is worthless. What counts is practical support. True faith shows itself in merciful activity. The Australian Bureau of Statistics conducts a survey of spending patterns every five years. It's called the Household Expenditure Survey. Here are the most recent figures for average weekly spending. Remember, these are household figures, not individual figures. So, for instance, each week on restaurant and takeaway meals, Australian households spend $42.10. On beer and wine... $15.58. On cigarettes, $11.55. On our pets, $9.18. On confectionery, $8.10. On all forms of charitable giving, $4.44. In other words, we spend more on lollies than we do on the needy. In light of this, and in light of what James, the brother of Jesus, says, I reckon all of us, including me, 
should think long and hard about how we spend our money. I mean, if we can spend more than $8 a week on confectionery, why on earth couldn't we spare at least that amount for the needy? Let me close with a traditional Latin American prayer, a prayer born out of a knowledge of real poverty. O God, to those who have hunger, give bread. And to those of us who have bread, give the hunger for justice. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. Hope 103.2 Thanks for listening.